Welcome to the Laugh House Beloved podcast. We're continuing on tonight with our, well, it might not be tonight where you are, but where we are is tonight. Continuing on with our podcast on worry, or should I say, do not worry, as commanded by Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. All right, so the last time we just really looked at what worry is and, and how it's just a really division in your mind. You're tossing around in your mind, trying to figure out solution to your own problem. And we talked about worry being sin because it's actually the opposite of faith. You are trying to come up with your own solutions instead of trusting God. What else did we talk about, Debbie? Is that about it? Yeah, just how, yeah. Pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> oh, and we, we did um we ended the last time by just looking at the things that Jesus mentioned in verse twenty five that we are not to worry about. And so we were talking about how he you know, things that we would consider essentials for our life are the things that Jesus specifically tells us do not worry about. Um actually I think Debbie we might just read the passage again. Yeah. To just, um, right. People get familiar. So do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I love, um, and we mentioned this last time, I love that that's Jesus himself saying that to us. Hey? Yeah. And it's like, how many times does he say, do not worry? He's, he's giving us a command there. Uh, I just want to read a quote from Matthew Henry. It says, one would think the command of Christ was enough to restrain us from this foolish sin of disquieting distrustful care, independently of the comfort of our own souls, which is so nearly concerned. But to show how much the heart of Christ is upon it and what pleasures he takes in those that hope in his mercy, the command is backed with the most powerful argument. If reason may but rule us, surely we shall ease ourselves of these thorns. To free us from anxious thoughts and to expel them, Christ here suggests to us comforting thoughts that we may be filled with them. It will be worthwhile to take pains with our own hearts, to argue them out of their disquieting cares and to make ourselves ashamed of them. I love that. You know, he, he's saying as well, not only does um, Jesus tell us not to worry, but he gives us the comforting things mm. as well. He gives us examples of why we shouldn't be worried. And, and you know what Matthew Henry says, we should argue our hearts out of these cares and that, that I guess that's tantamount to taking your thoughts captive as well yeah. talking to yourself yeah and saying do not do this and I love that we, we should be ashamed of it yeah you know because I think with shame comes repentance yeah so yeah 
So Debbie, that just if we think of that quote, what any if you had any sort of personal heart and mind struggles to accept these words of Jesus above your own thoughts and fears and your negative thoughts as yeah. well that come from the enemy. Yeah, ab- absolutely. In fact, um, I've always struggled with worry, even from when I was like a little girl. I, there used to be a TV show called Lassie here in Australia, and it was about a dog and a boy, and the, it was all about the adventures that they went on. And, and it was like, you know, very kid-friendly kid <laughs> yeah. and tame. But, you know, like I would be very scared of, of watching and what would happen. And um, and one of my jobs also as I got older was to go and close the front gate, like the big gate at night, which is like maybe 10 steps from our front door, but going out. And our front gate was underneath a, a street lamp too. So, you know, you could see everything. But I used to be so fearful of walking out in the night and shutting the gate and Coming, you know, coming back in and again. And your mum and dad were probably watching yeah, you anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, there's nothing really that they, I used to make them stand at the door, you know. And um, I found that it all really came to a head when I turned 21. Like, the year that I turned 21, it was a terrible year. And I was doing a youth ministry course and I just, I literally had one hit after the other that year. Like, so many things trying to knock me out. I had a placement supervisor who felt the need to make me feel as small as possible, um, a very manipulative boyfriend, uh, and I just felt anxious pretty much nonstop. And, you know, I think somewhere, uh, close, I think it was close to the beginning of the year because it felt like all year that I was, um, you know, doing this, but I found the verse, verses from Philippians 4, 6 and 7, which um, I read and learned and all over the place. So um, those verses are, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I mentioned that in our last podcast. Um, And I put them up everywhere. Even though those anxious thoughts came more and more often, by the end of the year, I'd survived the year somehow and I actually, to my surprise, and even looking back now, I actually am surprised that I thrived that year yeah. uh, to the point where I was so determined to listen to God and not man or woman in my case with the supervisor that I had that after being told that I'd never be good at any kind of youth work and should definitely not be a chaplain, I went and applied for a chaplaincy job and I left it in God's hands and I actually got a chaplaincy job. Um and I once heard a story by, I think it was Graham Cook, who was talking to somebody who was expressing their concern after starting over starting a new job. And the one thing that I took away from what I'd heard was this person was anxious and worried and saying, what if I fail? And then he was saying, he turned it around and he said, well, what if you don't fail? Yeah. And since then I've remembered that and I've started asking myself when those what-ifs, which I talked about in the last podcast, you know, the what-ifs are always going to come, what if this happens? I've turned it around and gone, well, what if that doesn't happen, you yeah. know? Um, and, or even not even what if that doesn't happen but trying to see it from God's perspective or just even if I can't see it from God's perspective, I'm like, well, what if this happens? Instead of, so I grab that and I'm like, okay, well, that might not even happen and it doesn't matter either way because yes. God has already got it. And, you know, like a lot of those situations, 
whether what if they're out of my control mm. like everything in the future is out of my yeah, I mean yeah. yes yes I can make different choices but God can always change those paths yeah. that I take so you know I simply just have to give up to God yeah I know that's it not give up but that's but right give, give it, it up, up to God yes, yeah. yeah and that's really good and yeah that's... and just let him take control because we forget that a much better driver of our lives than us. <laughs> All powerful. <laughs> and he knows knows everything. Yes. In every situation. Yeah, yeah. And he's already got it planned out. So mm. I yeah. think it's, you know, what we have to remember as well, what you were saying, you know, as a little even as a little girl, the fear and stuff. Um, I think we sometimes forget as well that the enemy is going round like a roaring lion, seeking mm. whom he may devour, and he doesn't play fair. If he can he actively tries to instill fear into mm. children as well. And, I mean, it probably usually succeeds as well because, you know, you're a child mm. and you don't necessarily know how to protect yourself or know that yeah. it's happening. And so, you know, often there is that root of fear as well because fear has come in. And, you know, if we think of the scripture where um, it says, God has not given me a spirit of fear, yeah. there is a spirit behind yeah. that as well. Yep. And that can, you know, the enemy will try and let that come into you as young as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and often, like, you know, I see it time and time again at school, how many parents, it just seems to be on the increase saying, oh, their child is anxious or whatever. Mm. And then you can see as well it's coming through from the parent. Yeah. Um, you know, and often when the parent's gone, the child is fine. But, you know, there's a spirit behind that. Yeah. And it's just really, um, you know, we've got to protect our children from that mm. as well and, and teach them. That's, that's so true because you know how in, you, you were talking previously about how, you know, you were always told that you've got to look out for yeah. you. And for me, I wasn't actually ever told that I needed to look out for myself, but something yeah. did happen to me when I was a teenager that really shook me to the point where I felt that I was unprotected. And so, yeah, yeah like fear, fear really come drove in, in then yeah. and the enemy used that big time throughout my teen and early yeah adult years yeah and I, and I think it's important and I know you have done this but mm. as we realize um, that fear came in at that point and because there is a spirit of fear um, we need to once we realize that we need to actually confess and repent and, and renounce that because we've actually opened the door and you know you can be serving God full on but if you've still not dealt with that and left the door open then That's it's got legal yeah. right to be in there and you know just when you were saying to me right now Debbie about you know me hearing every day about um, I have to look after myself and whatever. I've just realised just even sitting here that I'm sure I must have even, you know, if that said to you all the time, yeah, maybe you might start off not really, you know, um, agreeing with it or thinking or, but I must have made a mental assent with that that mm. statement, you know, yeah. and, and it would have become probably a vow and a stronghold in, you know, in yeah. myself as well where if I felt rejected or hurt, well, there why well, it just confirms I need to look after myself. Mm. And so just without even realising we can actually be making agreement Which with those things. Which is what I did as well. Yeah, yeah but just so, it's just coming from different ways. Yeah, and you don't realise yeah. that you're doing that. So. And you really need to make sure that you do, like you say, you know, you take that and yeah, repent of it. repent of it and, yeah. And you know where you were saying as well about that particular um, bad year that you had your 21st year where the enemy was just hammering you, um, but in spite of that you thrived. Mm. And it's like because you had to get into the word, you had to trust God, you know, as you're saying that that really. And and I was just reading, um, uh, I was just reading a book 
by Oswald Chambers called Biblical Psychology. And, you know, he says in there as well, and I mean, I know the enemy, you know, we are his his enemy and he wants to target us and he wants to throw us off and whatever. Um, but it was just interesting that reading the other night, he said something about like the people in the world, like actually don't. And I mean, because I often think, how do people in the world that don't have Christ cope with all their problems and stuff and they'll do other things? But he was actually saying that often they'll have peace of mind about a lot more than what we would because the enemy just wants them to have that because the minute they are actually having a lot of disquieting thoughts or, you know, really um, looking for a solution or whatever is the, the time that may drive them to Christ. So he actually wants them to have their minds pretty calm and peaceful, mm. you know, because he doesn't want anything that will drive yeah. them. I just can't remember the exact phrasing, but it was like, yeah, actually, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that. I do know that they'll often so put other things in to substitute into, or they might not think about the things or whatever. But, like, I thought reading it is so true because I will be convicted daily on little things you know mm. little things that oh I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't behave that but mm. they don't like yeah. you know even if it was like in a gossip situation or someone said something negative and I got drawn into that conversation or allowed myself let me not say that someone's drawing me in but I chose to yeah indulge. yeah yeah you know it really because I'm a child of God then those things really um con- you know get convicted and then I feel really bad about mm. it and I have to work it out and whatever but the world seems to you know if you someone's bitchy or whatever they're like it's all right like they yeah. don't sit and agonize over it the way we do yeah and it was quite interesting to think about that yeah because if you do that's what draws you to God or you know to start looking for some that's so true it's funny because just recently I was thinking about People who, um, I don't know, like this, I I know of different people who are into, you know, a lot of new age sort of spiritualism, I guess, you know, and you can look at their lives and think, wow, they seem really calm. Yeah. And then I look at my life and I go, oh, it's a bit, you know, like it's not so calm, you yeah, know, and, yeah. I, and I have things that I have to worry about, not worry about. <laughs> but that I have, have to be concerned with, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I think, well, you know, their life seems so smooth sailing, yes, and yeah. that makes sense because yeah. the enemy's got them in a place where, yeah, yeah it does to. seem smooth sailing. Yeah. But you know, for me, because I have that other thought of taking my, my yes. thoughts captive, it's constant, isn't yeah. it? Your mind yep. is what, so you're not in that. And it's it seems much, exhausting, yeah, yeah. But, but it's any marathon is going to be exhausting, yeah. isn't it? You know, and we're that, the ones that want to get to the yes. good prize. And that's what you're saying. You're conscious of that all the time. And like you say, it is because you're continually trying to keep your thoughts captive. Yeah. You're continually measuring yourself against the word and saying, oh, actually, I blew it here and I shouldn't. You know, and, and I know there can be, I'm guilty as well, too much introspection. But, I mean, there's the healthy level as well where we're listening to the Holy Spirit, we're feeling convicted, we're dealing with it, we're thinking the Word says this, I need to apply that, I need to, you know. And mm. so that is, like you say, it can feel really, you know, full on. I, I guess yeah. it's, it's a bit similar if you – I just was thinking about, you know, like a an athlete, like a swimmer or, you know, a runner or something, they have to dedicate every waking moment to – Yeah, training. To training, yeah. to being self-disciplined, yep. to thinking about their sport – you know, whereas for us, you know, it, you know, the Bible says it's like a race, you know, yeah. we, we run the race to, to yeah. the prize, you know, and, you know, like I am so dedicated to 
in my commitment to God that I am willing to sacrifice things, you know. It does not to say it's not going to get exhausting and it's not going to, you know, feel like, oh, this is so hard. But yeah. God has got me through that, yeah, you know. Like right. it's, I've never fallen flat um, to never get back up again because God's always had his hand in it. And, I mean, you think about walking in the spirit. I mean, that just involves thousands of little choices, Mm. doesn't it, throughout a day. And so it is like, you know, and as I say, other people that are not walking in the spirit or not even concerned about doing that, yeah, Yeah. it would just seem fine, you know, if they made a bitchy comment to someone or or talked about someone, it doesn't bother them. It's not on them the way that it would be on us if we're trying to really adhere to the word. Yeah, so, you know, and I still, in spite of, you know, Jesus saying, don't worry, I have to be honest and say that I do still worry about things. And as I said, that passage has helped me, but I have to repent and I have to actively fill my mind with those verses and meditate on them and declare them out loud as well to crowd out those sinful, worrying thoughts that are always constantly sitting there trying to take over my mind. You know, and and I said the last time, and I'll say it again, I'll probably say it lots of times, you can't hold worry and meditate on Scripture in your mind at the same time. It's going to be one or the other. And as we said, you have to take those thoughts captive. And and it's a discipline. It's a process. It doesn't, you know, just happen. You have to actually actively do it. And it's hard because, you know, your, your your mind is, that's where the battle goes on. But you can understand as well, and it's not just the enemy, um, it's your flesh as well, as you said earlier, you mm. know, and our own thoughts. And really you can see why it's so crucial and why it's such a battlefield. It's because your thoughts will actually determine your attitudes and your behaviours, you know. And, and it frustrates me, and I do this all the time, I think how often, how easy it is for me to believe and accept negative words and thoughts, mm. but it's such a battle to accept God's words and promises and again, though, it's because of our flesh, because the Bible says that our minds are actually hostile towards God. They're set against God. So even when we are serving him, our minds are hostile to him. And so we've got to constantly go against that flesh. Um, Romans 8, 7 says, The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And that's where, as well, we're constantly trying um, to walk in the spirit instead of that. And, you know, we're always going to have that flesh battling with our spirits and it's really up to us, isn't it, which we are going to allow to control us. And I'd suggest that we fluctuate between being led by the spirit and being led by the flesh. Well, I know I do. Yeah. I think no, the I day that I don't <laughs> fluctuate, I'll probably be dead and in heaven. <laughs> and, you know, but we need to keep trying to continue to walk in the spirit rather than in the flesh. And I'm going to read, it's a lengthy passage, but I think it's really important because, again, Paul talks of the struggle. And for me, this is so encouraging because I'm like, I hold Paul in high esteem. Yeah. I really look up to him and I think, wow, you know, especially when I'm beating myself up about, you know, I've blown again or walking in the flesh. And then I think, Paul, the great apostle Paul, well, Paul had the same problem. Yeah. Um, And that for me is very encouraging. And I also am very grateful to the Lord that he allowed that to be in the word because I think, you know, it's just it so encouraging us, and yeah. shows us that we're not written off, um, you know, because we go there because I tend to write myself off. I'm very hard on myself. So Romans seven fourteen to 25, we know that the, lo- the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. 
And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. It's almost like a poem kind of thing. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. That's really encouraging to Mm. me when... Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it's the sin living in me that does it. So I found this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of of sin. And that always encourages me. I often like, you know, when I'm starting to go and I have to watch, I don't introspect or go into self-pity. And I'm like, who's going to rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, Jesus will rescue me. But (laughs) that's just really encouraging, isn't it? Yeah. All right, so if we go back to the passage, Jesus says that is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So... Let's discuss this a bit in terms of your life versus your livelihood. So our livelihood, I would say, is the external. So our life is our breath your being and our being, yeah. Yeah. whereas our livelihood is what we own and externally have. Um, and you only have one earthly life to use. To determine your eternal life. <laughs> so uh, if you spend it worried about your livelihood, which you can't take with you, then it will have been a worthless life. Yeah. And I also suspect you as meaning life is in life in Christ. <laughs> yes, yeah. Right, yes, yeah, so I agree with you there. Life is your being, your existence. And uh, for me, livelihood is your means of securing or providing for your existence. So I sort of look at it as my, mm. your job, like you said. Yeah, and you know at school I'm always telling um, you know always where I can get the new teachers and speak to them because teaching is a job that will suck up it's like a black I think of it as a black hole like the work is never ever finished there's always something and you know so I like to try and remind them that we work to live we don't live to work yeah and I think it's so easy to fall into that trap um, and you know it just ties in again just to get caught up in what we think we need and the more we have the more we worry about trying to maintain it all and you know for a lot of people as well um, even Christians work can become an idol and then for a lot of non-Christians it's um, an addiction it can be an addiction so an addiction is not always Absolutely. just um, something like you know drinking or drugs or whatever work or anything that you go to to just stop yourself you know or as your comfort or stop and it sounds silly to think of work as comfort but I know somebody that you know work is their it's what they hide in so they don't have to deal with stuff they'll even go to work on public holidays when they don't have to so oh I think a lot of people do that you know yeah yeah, you you can hide in there especially if you've got issues that you don't want to deal with because I think work in particular it's about not allowing yourself to slow down or have that rest or that time not that you consciously think because then when you stop, you have to start thinking yeah. about all the stuff that maybe is there. And so if you just keep busy, it's like the hamster on the treadmill, isn't it? Mm. On the wheel, I should say, the hamster on the treadmill. But, you know, you keep busy, then it's just a way of 
sort of pushing everything out and not having to deal with it. But I, I, I mean, I know people that just, like you say, keep busy. Yeah. Like not necessarily in paid work, but in, yeah, oh, I've got to mow the lawns. Oh, yes. I've got to wash the sink. Oh, I've got to do this around the yeah. house. Or I've got to do this at this. I've got to clean. You know, like yeah. constantly doing stuff and they're not ever present, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and often as well that's... Um, like you say, just keeping busy, it's – and the thought that I had was good, but just <laughs> so good it went around my head. It's actually exhausting watching people like that sometimes. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. can't you ever just stop? Oh, like, but I know that if they stop, then they have to think, think about, about what's going on. And I was going to say themselves. it's where often they get in their worth mm. and their sense of value. And, yeah, their sense of just someone needs me or something needs yeah. me is coming out of that. Yeah. And so I guess where it's excessive like that, I'm just always busy, busy, busy. If you tie, it's like a sort of pulling a thread, isn't it, on a, a jumper? Like, <laughs> um, there is a route to that yeah. somewhere, yeah. Um, and and so yeah, our life, our being, our existence is more than just getting. You know, this is what Jesus is saying. It's more than just getting all this stuff, the food and clothes. It's not about being so busy trying to get these that we forget that what what we are here for. Um, we can get so busy and stressed, we don't enjoy ourselves, we don't enjoy our relationships. Because we exist to serve God, yeah. not to serve our wants and needs. But we can be so busy working that we miss out on that relationship opportunities. And even ministry, you can get so busy doing ministry that you are still neglecting your relationship with God. You yeah, know? And absolutely. And it just becomes busy, busy, busy. I know. For me, I know. I've that's happened to me many times. Whether it been it's been paid work or non paid work, you know, yeah. like doing. Yeah, even even like in my everyday, you know, I can yeah. get so busy and caught up in, you know, taking care of my family, you know, and doing things for God or talking, you know, spending t- time with people, you know, talking about God yeah. that I actually am not actually even spending the same time amount of time with, with God, God, you yeah. know. And I think that's a huge trap for Christians. Yeah. And I know, I mean, I'm even at the moment as well going through a bit of that because I'm sort of, um, at the moment, it's sort of quiet in terms of ministry for me. I'm doing the podcast, but not like preparing sermons and yeah. preaching and stuff. And I'm like, I've been saying to God, what, like, I need to be doing something yeah. for you. What should I be doing? Yeah. And I've been agonizing over that for a couple of months, you know, at night as well. And what should I be doing? Tell me what I should. And, you know, I think he's just like, just be with me. Um, yeah. And and I guess I have to take, you know, like the, we, we often talk about how the physical mirrors the spiritual, and so I probably need to also apply as much as I can say, well, this physical is showing what's going on in the spirit. I can probably also need to take some lessons of what I would do in the physical and apply them as well spiritually. And I'm just thinking like David and I have consciously decided, um, you know, to take opportunities that are going to develop and enhance our relationship with our family above whatever else in work or whatever else we're doing um, you know, we spent a lot of years, particularly in the beginning of, of ministry, David in particular, I was, you know, at school teaching, but he, you know, has always been, well, full-time, um, where, you know, he went every night and did visitation and, you know, all at the beck and call of, of the church members and things to the detriment of his family, like he would go mm. out and Callum would be crying, you know, because he wants daddy home and and it took a lot of years and then, you know, God showed us one day that, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're doing, and I think this is true for a lot of Christians, I haven't even asked mm. you to do it. Yeah. You know, and, and that comes as quite a shock because you might have spent all these years yeah. doing this and then 
you know, you might go through hard times and you might feel a bit cynical or bitter or or you might just be pouring your heart out to the Lord on how these people have treated you over. And he's like, I didn't even ask you to do yeah. all that. And you just assume because it's in the church full time, it's the yeah. pastor's role. Like, well, you just assume that you're doing it for God, but often it's the yeah. people that are demanding yeah. that. And God hasn't asked you to do that. And, you know, so we've like consciously decided, um, you know, we've been probably doing it for a few years, but now particularly that we've got a granddaughter and um, just any opportunity. So if they unexpectedly just ask us if we want to come around or go out or whatever, and I mean, because it doesn't, you know, we see them a lot because they come every day for gym, but it's not that it's like so much that, oh, no, they keep asking, but. Any opportunity where they might just say, oh, do you guys want to come around? We drop whatever we are doing and we will go and do it, even if it means like, well, no, we actually, like, you know, years ago we might have said, no, actually we're busy or we've yeah. got this to do. It's like, you know what, that that can wait. This is important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think as well that, you know, that we've got to see, we're starting to relish these unexpected opportunities as blessings, but it's just about your mindset and your attitude because, you know, it could be, oh, we can't really go because we've got this to do and then it means we're not doing and, you know, all of that's still going to be there and I think I need to do the same with um, just really consciously decide that I'm going to spend that time with the Lord because it's opposed yeah. and it's hard yeah. and our flesh it opposes opposed, it as well. Big time, yeah. You know, not just the enemy but our flesh yeah. and, like you say, and one of the ways I know for me in particular is I can fall into that trap of, oh, well, feeling I'm all right because I'm doing all this stuff yeah. for the Lord and yeah. not spending that time with him. And even, like, I I know for me, you know, I can get into that trap of even, you know, like I'll get up and I'll, and I'll be praying and because I, there's prayers that I've got written out, I just kind of go through yeah. the motions of yeah. those prayers. So I've realised that I have to actually go, no, either I'm going to fully engage in what I've got yeah. here or I'm going to have to, you know, change the way that I yeah, pray it because yeah. it's so easy to just get into. It's true. You know, I don't want to be in a habit. Yeah, where it's just you're of, just saying the words but there's yeah, no heart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I want to be in a habit but yeah, not, yeah, not a, not, like, a habit yeah. of like, not a negative habit, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I think that's what Jesus is saying there, your life. And to me, that's everything, your existence, your relationships, because mm. really at the end of the day, hey, that's what's important with God and with other people is more important than your food and clothing and yeah. you're striving for that, you know. You see that even in um, meal preparation and stuff like, you know, I often think, and, and it's easy for me to say this because I don't get my worth out of cooking just as well, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not interested in that, but I'd rather have McDonald's around a table where there's laughing or whatever than just trying to swallow that cardboard because you, I've been so stressed about it, you know? And so yeah. you, that's what he's saying. Don't get so hung up yeah. and so stressed about all these things in your life that you actually don't enjoy life yeah. and what it really means. All right, well, sorry, did you want to say something? No, no, I was, yeah. just, no that, I was just thinking, you know, for for us, you know, we're a one-income family, so, you know, oftentimes we think, oh, you know, we don't have the lifestyle that we want, you know, but when we look at the time that we spend with our boys and, you know, and, and time as a family, like, we are yeah. so rich when we get to spend that time yeah, as a family. Yeah. And it's so awesome. And you if know, you think it is about the life it, that, yeah, we, that it is. we want, you know. Because that's what I've had to realise. I've got petrol in my car. I can drive down to the beach. It's not costing yep. me anything. 
if I had more money, what's the lifestyle going out shopping or whatever, dragging the kids around, or yeah. is it just spending home, sitting yeah. home because you haven't got money to go out and play in a board yeah. game or whatever? It or is, we take them down the park. Or to, we yeah, take them it is more superior, you know, yeah. isn't it? But we often, you know, the whole world is designed to make us feel dissatisfied. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to end yeah. on that now. And so, thank you for listening. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, and you know what, it would be nice to actually sometimes hear if you're enjoying it or if you have requests. Let us know um, what you're struggling yeah, with. Yeah. yeah. So www.life-house.net. Yeah. See you next right, time. Bye.